Are you a virtual assistant juggling all the things? You know, inquiries, contracts, payments. It can feel a little overwhelming at times trying to keep up with everything, right? Well, meet your new business BFF, insert HoneyBook. Think of HoneyBook as the upgrade your VA business didn't even know that it needed, taking you from beginner to polished and professional in no time. I've been using HoneyBook since day one of my business, and let me tell you, it's been a lifesaver for this busy mom. It's user-friendly, lets you automate workflows, and my favorite part is that it's completely customizable, so it'll look like it's native to your brand. I know what you're thinking. Do I really need a customer management platform? Well, spoiler alert, yes, you do. It's the secret ingredient that's given my VA business a 98% success rate of turning curious inquiries into solid bookings. Now, here's the deal. You can score an amazing 50% off right now if you use the link in the show notes. That's right. You heard that correctly. 50% off your entire subscription for any plan. And trust me when I say your business deserves the HoneyBook Upgrade. In today's digital age, generating leads is easier than ever, but converting those leads into loyal, high-paying clients can be a complex and, let's face it, elusive process. But fear not, because on today's podcast episode, I'm here to demystify the art and science of how to turn leads into high-paying clients. Whether you're a seasoned virtual assistant, an entrepreneur looking to scale your business, or a marketing enthusiast like myself, you're in the right place, my friend. Today, I'm diving into my unique strategies and tactics for how I continue to grow my agency month over month over month. This is a real and raw conversation, and it's filled with real-world stories on how you can master the art of turning leads into revenue. All right, friend, let's dive on in. Welcome to the Millennial Mom Movement, a podcast that's all about redefining what it means to be a working mom. I'm your host and business BFF, Amanda Rush-Holmes. Each week, we dig deep and reverse engineer how to make money on your own terms. Get ready for inspiring insights, fun chats, and tangible tips to rewrite your success story. Let's dive on in. In today's episode, we are talking about something really exciting and something I don't hear a lot of people talk about, and that is how do you actually convert leads into paying clients? And I'm excited to chat about this with you guys today because I am pretty sure that my methods are a little bit unique because they take everything that I have known from my PR background to my sales background to my training background. And then also just what I've learned in everyday experience with dealing with people. And I've kind of mushed it all into one. And I'm going to dive into this very niche training today. And this is literally my guide for what I do every single time when I'm talking to potential clients. And the reason that I love this is because you can 100% make it your own. 
But if you keep the core essence of this model, you are guaranteed that if it is a good match, meaning that you and the potential client are actually meant to be working together, this is going to work. Now, I think it's also important to recognize that not every client is your ideal client, and that's okay. That's part of the reason why you a lot of times will kind of vet clients, whether that's a phone call or a Zoom call or maybe an email back and forth or a form on your website, whatever that sort of gatekeeper is. That is why we have those in place. But this training is specific for those people that you know, like you know to your core, okay, this person is my person. Like this is my ideal client. This is the work that I want to be doing. And so... Without further ado, let's just dive right in. Okay, so before we can get to how to convert leads into paying clients, I think it's super important to first do two things. And the reason that I say this is because you have to do these two things in order for the call to go really well. Because you're not going to do great on a, a potential client call if you don't have these two things nailed down because they play such a vital role in the model of converting leads into paying clients. And so that first thing is defining your niche. And I know you hear everybody talk about, you need a niche down, like what does that actually mean? Here's the thing, you're not Nutella, you cannot be everything to everybody. And I have had to learn that the hard way, you know, like especially in the beginning and sometimes even now, I have to be aware of what my strengths and weaknesses are to be able to say, you know what, we're actually like not that great at that. As much as I want to work with you as a person and as a business, what you're looking for is not within my wheelhouse. So let me refer you to someone that it is within. And so defining your niche is incredibly important here. I was actually just texting with a full-time BA student earlier today and I had somebody reach out to me. They were looking for a VA. And they told me a little bit about what they were looking for. And I was like, gosh, you know what? Like, that sounds like an amazing opportunity. But if I'm being honest, it's not really exactly the niche that we're in for our agency side. Let me reach out to one of our full-time VA students. And so I reached out to her and she was like, you know what? As much as I hate to turn this down, it's just not in my niche. And I was like, you know what? I am so proud that she had the courage to say that. One, because... That means that taking the course means that she's learning something. And two, because I know how hard that is, especially in the beginning to set up those boundaries. But the reason that we do this is because you cannot attract your ideal client if you don't know who you serve. Because if they land, let's say, on your Instagram page, you have on your Instagram page a virtual assistant and nothing else. They might be like, do they serve bloggers and influencers? Do they serve podcasters? Do they serve online business owners? Do they serve realtors? Are they for me? And then they hop on somebody else's Instagram page and it says virtual assistant for photographers. And they think, oh my gosh, well, I'm a photographer. So like this person knows about photography. They know about workflows. They know about client communication. Like they know about all the things that go into being a virtual assistant for a photographer. Who do you think they're more likely to reach? to. And so that's why it's so important to first define your niche because you're never going to get to the converting call if you don't first define your niche. And that's why I think it's important to start there. And then the second portion, and this is so important, if it may be more important than your niche, is clearly defining how you help your client. 
And so in order to clearly define how it is you help them, you first have to really understand what are their pain points and how can you fill in the gap? And if you don't know the answer to that question, that's okay. Why don't you ask them? Hop on a phone call, pull a Facebook group, ask around some friends. This is what I did in the beginning when I knew that I wanted to create a course for potential virtual assistants, but I wasn't really sure like, okay, I have an idea of who my person is that might be interested in learning from me, but I don't really know. That's exactly what I did. I hopped inside of Facebook groups and I asked people, hey, I'm building out this program. I'm looking for people that would be interested. Can I chat with you? And you would not believe the amount of people that said, yeah, I'll donate 15, 20 minutes of my time. And did I send them a $5 Starbucks gift card as a thank you? Yep, you betcha I did. But did I have to? No. And you don't have to either. Like, if you can get out there and start talking to people, that's going to be the easiest, fastest, quickest way to get to know your ideal client or maybe even your ideal customer. This works for all different types of products. It's not just for service-based businesses. And so the reason that we do that is because that market research really helps to ensure that your messaging is super clear. So that when you say, okay, I help photographers, and I'm just using this as an example, I help photographers create a seamless client experience or something along those lines. Something I'm not really sure what their pain points are, but I'm, again, making this up. I help photographers create a seamless client experience so that they can blank. What is it that they're wanting? Do they want more time back? Is it that they want to focus on their photography? Whatever it is, they'll tell you what their pain point is when you talk to them. And so you'll use that to craft your statement. And once you have those two things, your niche, who you serve, and how you very clearly help them, when you get in front of that client and or that client lands on your Instagram or your website or some other thing or email or, you know, a Facebook group, whatever, they're going to know, okay, this is the right person for me. And so that is why. You have to first do those two things before we can even talk about converting those leads into paying clients because you're not going to have a whole lot of heck of a lead if you don't do those two things first. Okay, so assuming that you've got that out of the way, you go to convert this potential client into a paying customer. You're like, all right, it's go time. But like, I am so nervous. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. How do I get them to want to work with me? Like, I don't want to seem desperate. Well, friend, I have the blueprint for you. So the number one thing that we're going to talk about today is a term that we like to call sales psychology. And it sounds a little scary, right? And it kind of sounds like, is this person manipulating me? No, 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 no. That's not what it is at all. But it is being hyper aware of how you set up the conversation. So A lot of times, and especially in the virtual assistant world, but this works for a lot of different things in the online business world, we have connection calls. Maybe it's via email, maybe it's on the phone, maybe it's via Zoom. These happen in many different forms, but the core essence of how this flow is going to go is going to be exactly the same no matter what platform you're on. And so when you're using sales psychology, it's not always about selling the product or in this case your service it's about selling the result so what will they get by working with 
you? How are they going to feel? What result will they have in their life? Maybe they get their time back. Maybe they feel less stressed. Maybe they get to accomplish things on their to-do list that they've been wanting to do. Maybe they grow their business. Maybe they get to be on another platform that they weren't on before. There are so many things that could be on this list. And you'll know what those things are based on the fact that you spoke to them earlier in your journey or you just did some market research. And you'll be able to use those things throughout the conversation. And so I want to remind you that you attract what you put out. As people, we very much mirror the people that we're around. So it's kind of funny. If you've ever seen somebody, let's say somebody has like a really thick and you start to like a really thick Southern accent because I live in the South. So this is a perfect example. Sometimes when I get around other people who live in the South, my Southern accent starts to slip out. And it's funny because like the more that I'm around them, the more I'm like, oh gosh, where did that come from? But then when I'm not around those people, I don't have that Southern. And so that is a prime example of how we as humans tend to kind of mirror other people. And that right there is your brain using your subconscious in order to help you make sense of what's happening in the world. So with that being said, it's really important to think about things like, how are you going to present yourself? How are you going to come across confident and cool and collected? Even if you're like totally freaking out and excited on the inside, how do you present yourself in a way that you are calm, cool, capable, and you are the person to be able to help serve them? And this is even more important, especially if you're on a video call because you can see the person and this type of body language and your appearance and the setting behind you and the sound quality and all of these things matter. They matter because if you're in a loud place and you're in a coffee shop and there's people screaming behind you, or maybe you look like you just rolled out of bed, or maybe, you know, you can't maintain eye contact or like the Wi-Fi connection is fuzzy. All of these things are very distracting. And as humans who live in, you know, the world that we live in, we are very easily distracted. And so you want to think about these things because even though they may not seem big, and honestly, like, you know, if you wear a t-shirt, is it the biggest deal? No. Do you need to dress up and wear like a suit and tie and whatever? Absolutely not. Unless you just feel the need to. I think like looking a little bit put together, like brushing your hair and whatnot, that is acceptable because at the end of the day, like this is almost an interview, just as much them interviewing you as you are interviewing them as well. And so it is important to think about these things before you go into that. You want to create an environment that sets you up for success. You don't want something as small as an environment to hinder what's about to come out of your mouth and having a great conversation. And so you want to think about not just the environment, but your body language. Maybe you need to adjust the angle on the camera. You want to think about, can they see you? Is the lighting okay? Are you able to maintain eye contact? Are you distracted because there's dogs barking or your kids are in the background? Like all of these things could play a role in the overall experience. And you also want to make sure that you're able to maintain your train of thought so that as you're speaking, you're able to nod in response and smile. You would not believe, but most people hire other people based on emotional connection. It's not always based on Gill. It's about that rapport. It's about do they feel confident and do they 
feel that they can trust you to do the work and meet the deadlines and work within their business. Because if you guys are a service-based business, more than likely, you're going to be working pretty closely. And so it's not always just about the work. I mean, it is. You have to deliver great quality work, but it's also about that human emotional connection. And so the reason that I bring that up is because aside from creating the setting, the first thing that you're going to want to do is create a connection. And that's why I personally call Anytime I have a call with a potential client or existing client, I call them connection calls because they're just that. It's a time for you to connect with your client more than just a workload. Like you're getting to know them. You're getting to know what language they're using. You're getting to know their style and their voice and their personality. And all of these things play a role in their communication style and how they run their business and their content. And if you're helping them create content and so many other things that go into it, more than just this is the task list. And so when I was a corporate trainer, this was a lot of what we talked about. It's like, okay, how do you create that environment? And we did it, obviously, we're talking about selling handbags, but like, how can you create an environment in a store? You know how you go into some stores and like the music's really loud and it's dark and like they have perfume everywhere. And I'm like literally thinking of Abercrombie in my head, but they do that intentionally because they're creating a mood. That's why different stores have different layouts and different lighting and different colors because they're trying to invoke a feeling before they ever connect with you. And then it's the associate's job to then build that emotional connection with the customer. And so just like it's their job to connect with you, it's your job to connect with that client. And so the way that you want to go about doing that is first building a personal connection. And the reason that we build a personal connection first is because you need to build trust. It's kind of like, I'm sure you've heard of this, but it's called the like, know, and trust factor. First, you have to like somebody. So if you see a brand online and you're scrolling and you're like, well, that's kind of pretty. I'm going to stop my scroll and check them out. And then you watch their Instagram story and you're like, oh, I kind of like this person. I'm getting to know them. And then I follow them for a while. And then they offer, you know, they're selling like these cute coffee mugs on Etsy. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me go buy your coffee mug. And so that is an example of the like, know, and trust factor. And so they've likely already gone through the like part, but they need, and the no part as well, but now they need to go through the trust. And the reason that they need to do that is they need to get to know you and feel confident in who you are as a person so that you have that baseline trust to then be able to build your working relationship off of. So you're probably thinking, okay, that's great, but how do I do that? Well, great question. The easiest way to do that is I like to have five topics in my back pocket. An easy one, of course, is like always the weather, right? Anybody can talk about the weather. People love to talk about the weather. I don't know what it is, but you can always talk about the weather. Another thing that I like to do personally is anytime I have a call with a potential client or even like an existing client, I like to refresh on their content. And so maybe that's hopping on their Instagram or their TikTok or their YouTube channel or checking out their website or whatever it is that they're doing. I like to make sure that I'm immersed in that. So I have a good understanding of who they are and who their brand is and like what's going on in their life. Because if I saw a really funny reel that they posted, then that's like a point of connection. You can bring that up. You're like, oh my gosh, I saw your reel that you posted a couple of days ago and I was cracking up. I sent it to my mom. My mom was cracking up. And then it's like a conversation piece and you can talk about it. And maybe they tell you like a funny story about when they were filming it and you know, whatever. And then before you know it, the ice has thawed and 
you're then very quickly able to go into, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to chat with you today. Let's dive into your business. And so that leads me into point number, I guess, three would be, so you're setting the environment up. Then you make that personal connection, which is so important. You're building the like, know, and trust factor. Now you're going to, how do you convert them? And so this is going to be the important thing, obviously. I mean, it's all important, but this is going to be like the real meat and potatoes of, okay, what does that conversion actually look like? Okay, so one of the things that I like to do is really lead the conversation, but let the client do the majority of the talking first. And the reason that you want to do this is it goes back to that fancy word that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, sales psychology. And what that means is we are going to take what the customer or the client or whoever it is that you're talking to, whatever they say, and we're going to digest it. And then we're going to mirror it back to them. This is also called active listening because you are basically telling them exactly what they just told you, but in different words to one, reassure that like you got it. And two, you're going to provide a solution. And so what is this actually going to look like? So once you've set the environment, you've broken the ice, you've made that personal connection. I want you to have them tell you about their business. Tell me about your business. Where are you? How are things going? What do you feel like could be better? What are your expectations out of me? And just let them talk. Let them go to town. Let them tell you all about how they got started and who they serve and what they're doing now. And just people love to talk about themselves. They do. There's something wrong with that. And they're proud of the businesses that they created. And if you're on this call with them, Chances are you're equally as invested as in them and their business as they are. And so let them tell you about all the behind the scenes stuff because you're probably going to eat it up just as much as they will. And so they should be doing the majority of the talking and you just listen. And if you need to take notes, take notes, but try to maintain eye contact. And so an easy way to do this would be a lot of times I'll have my Zoom set up to where it's forward facing, but then I have my computer right below it so I can still look at them but if I need to take notes I can type and they can't see me typing or looking down or anything like that it's just it all looks like I'm looking straight ahead the way that I have the text set up so that's just a really easy way that you could do that if you need a handwrite you could always do that or just you know put your listening ears on and just listen and and absorb what they say and then sort of make mental notes as they're speaking of points you want to hit on so that you can then use that once it's your turn to speak. And so let's say that they're talking, they're talking, they're telling you about their business and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, one of the reasons, I'm just going to use myself as an example. One of the reasons I need to hire a virtual assistant is because, oh, I started my email list and then I sent a few emails, but I haven't emailed them in like six months. And so I just don't even have time for it. And so I am going to do a few different things. I'm going to one, say something encouraging. No client wants to be like, oh my gosh, well, you know, you should be emailing your list once a week. Nobody wants to hear that. They know that. That's why they hired you. And so we want to say something encouraging that lets them know, hey, you're doing a great job because guess what? They are. They've built this business up to the point of where they need to hire somebody. Then that means they're doing something right. And so let's give them some praise. You are doing amazing. I can't believe how much content you're putting out or this new line is amazing. Like just give yourself a pat on the back. You're doing a great job. And then recognize the problem while providing a solution. So 
It sounds like you would love to email your list consistently because I know that serving your audience is a priority for you. I would love to help with that. So tell me in your ideal scenario, how often would you love to see emails going out? And so this gives you a framework too, right? We gave them praise for where they are. We understood and repeated back to them, okay, we understand what the ask is. And we're also providing a solution. And so now let's put that into an action. Okay, great. You want to see, ideally, if we had one email, that'd be good. But honestly, I'd love to have five emails a week. Okay, great. So what days do you think are best to send those out? Oh, okay. You want to just send out an email Monday through Friday? Perfect. Let's put that on the calendar and we'll make that happen. Great. What else would you love to see happen in your business? And just keep asking, what else? What else? What else? Because They will tell you all the things. And as they're telling you these things, you just keep doing that same thing. Something encouraging, recognize the problem, provide a solution. And sometimes, sure, you might be able to skip over something encouraging so that you're not like a robot, but recognizing the problem and providing a solution. This is also a great opportunity to provide any ideas that you have and to ask questions like, oh, what platforms are you using? Or how do you feel like that's going? Or maybe. If you offer multiple services, you could say something like, oh, so how are you growing your email list right now? Well, you know, they might say something like, I'll just throw a link up on stories every so often and I'll get a few signups. And maybe you say, have you thought about using Pinterest to grow your email list? And they say, yeah, you know, like I know I should be on Pinterest, but I just don't have time to do it because it's just to the bottom of the to-do list. And I honestly don't really even know like what to do over there. And that's a great opportunity if you what in an ideal situation, let's say you offer Pinterest services, you can be like, oh, well, you know, we could easily implement a Pinterest strategy for you, go over some bullet points of what you think a great Pinterest strategy would be for that client. And then boom, you have one locked in the client and you're also creating an action plan. And the reason that we create the action plan is because in the client's head, when they leave that call, they're going to know exactly what it is that they're going to get from you. So that if they decide to move forward with investment, it's a no brainer. They're like, oh, when I get off this call with Amanda, I know I'm going to get five emails per week. I'm going to get complete Pinterest management. And I'm going to get, I don't know, custom Canva graphics from her and everything on my wish list that I've been wanting to do it in my business is checked off. Oh, and she said, if I ever wanted to add anything in the future, I could do that. Like, how cool is that? So like, if I know I can rest assured if I have a project that comes up, Amanda will be able to take care of it. That right there is the way to go because one, I set the environment up for success. Two, I was able to build that like, know, and trust factor so that we could then have an open and honest conversation about their business where they felt safe telling me things like, you know what, I have an email list and I haven't been emailing them. That might be hard for them to say because that's embarrassing. Like they don't want to be the person who's not emailing their list. They want to be the person that's sending consistent emails. That's why they're hiring you. And so understanding, going back to, again, your niche, what are their needs? How can you help them? And how can you fill in those gaps? We'll lead this entire call. And then you continue to use that sales psychology throughout the call so that you're filling in those needs as they're telling you. But you're also setting yourself up for success because as you're going through this call, you're gonna leave this call and know exactly what it is that you need to get started in doing for them so that if they decide to move forward, you know what's on your punch list for onboarding. Okay, great. Well, on our connection call, we talked about email marketing, we talked about Pinterest, and we talked about custom Canva graphics. Since we last spoke, was there anything else that popped into your head that you would love help with? 
opening it up like that really allows that dialogue for your client to be able to have that open line of communication. And it also allows them that as they think of things, they feel comfortable asking you like, hey, can we add this on? And let me just tell you, as someone that owns an agency, it is so much easier to grow with your existing clients than it is to go out and find and onboard and do all the things with the new clients. And so that's why we always want to take a look at how can we serve our clients better? How can we make their lives easier? And what are things that we might be able to add on to be able to do that? And in this case, it's a win-win situation, right? Because this person, he, you know, hired the virtual assistant because he wanted consistent email marketing. But now he gets email marketing and he gets Pinterest exposure, which not only grows his email list, but grows his other platforms as well and increases his sales because the sales conversion rate in email is like three times as much as what is on social media. And so again, it's a win-win and you just locked in a client. So the reason that I go over this is because this process can be very intimidating for people, right? It's scary. It's scary to hop on a call with somebody that you don't know. It's scary to talk to a potential client, especially if it's someone that you really want to work with. Like I know I've gotten those butterflies in my stomach before I hop on a call. And so sometimes you just have to take a deep breath, maybe say like a positive mantra, like you've got this, Amanda, you can do this, Amanda, you know what you're talking about. You can help serve this client, whatever it is that you need to tell yourself to like pump yourself up. Maybe like, you know, you're like me. I love to listen to like a good Shania Twain song before I do something scary to kind of tell myself, okay, five, four, three, two, one, let's go. You're doing this. You can do it because sometimes we just need that little extra push. But let me just tell you, if you follow this blueprint, it will work. It works for me every single time. It works for full-time VA students every single time. And it also worked for hundreds of employees that I would train at my corporate job. We would do literally the same exact thing with people that we were selling handbags to. Like I, this method works on so many levels. So to recap, we want to define your niche. We want to clearly state how it is that you help your client, what are their pain points, and how do you fill in the gap? Then once it's time to actually convert that lead into a client, we're going to use sales psychology. We're going to mirror their language back to them. But before we do that, we're going to set the environment. We're going to build that like, know, and trust factor by maintaining a personal connection first before we dive into the quote-unquote selling, which at no point are we truly selling, we're really just merely having a conversation about how can we best serve them and really understanding what are those very specific pain points for that client and their business and then providing a solution after we okay the fact that, hey, you're doing a great job, but let me help you do even better. We recognize the problem, we find a solution. And that's the close, right? And then the upsell is like asking those questions. Once you've closed the deal, like, okay, they're for sure. Yes, I want this. I'm excited. Let's talk more about this. That's when you go into the quote unquote upsell where you're like, hey, how are you growing your email list? Oh, have you thought about Pinterest? In a very casual way. And if they're like, hey, you know what? I actually have a Pinterest person and I love her. You're like, oh, great. That's wonderful. Moving on. It's no big deal, right? Because it was a question. It's not like, yeah, I think you should sign on with Pinterest services for us because we also offer this and we also offer this. It doesn't feel like 
you're trying to push your services onto them, it again comes from a place of service. And so I encourage you to try this model out, whether it's with a potential client, with a customer, maybe it's in your own business somehow, but I promise it works. And I have seen it work. And if you do try it out, send me a DM on Instagram at Amanda Rush Holmes. I would love to hear about your experience. And I am wishing you all the luck in your client connection calls. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you guys again on Monday. Bye for now. You just finished another episode of the Millennial Mom Movement Podcast. And because I know you're a mover and shaker, here's your action item. Snap a screenshot of this episode, share it over on Instagram and tag me at Amanda Rush Holmes. Each week, I'll pick one person and send you a Starbucks gift card on me as my way of saying, hey, thanks for hanging out with me on the regular and being a part of this incredible movement. See you next week.